Hey, welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Glad you found us for another season. Really hope you enjoyed the guests that we have today. Take a listen. Reach out if you want some more information. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the learn. Hopefully you get better from this. The Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast is a big fan of cookies. I'm excited to announce the podcast now has an official cookie sponsor, Texas Treaties. Texas Treaties is a Dallas-based custom cookie company that can design and decorate any shape and color combo you can think of. Not only do they look amazing, they taste great also. Texas Treaties is offering Dallas area listeners a special 10% off promo. Use the code podcast at checkout. Link to order will be in the show notes. If you are in the market for fine men's wear, i.e. suits, shirts, ties, etc., you need to check out Etiquette Dawn. I personally have several pieces from him, and every time I wear them, I feel confident, well-dressed, and I receive many compliments. Etiquette Dawn is a truly custom apparel company that will have you look, looking like a sharp-dressed man. Check out www.etiquettedawncustomapparel.com for more information. Make sure to follow them on Instagram and TikTok at Etiquette Dawn as well. All coaches have their go-to drink for waking up and getting their energy boosted. For me, that's coffee. I prefer black coffee, so that means buying high-quality beans so that I can grind and brew them at home and enjoy my cups of happiness. Viking Coffee is my go-to company for a monthly subscription of great variety of beans that produce excellent cups time after time. Podcast listeners, use the code COFFEEWITHNOONAN, all one word, for a 10% discount off. Check out www.vikingcoffeeco.com for more details and to order the official coffee of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Drink coffee, work hard. On today's episode, I'm joined by the second year head coach of Kingwood High School, Kale Melton. Coach Melton and I go back to Nevada Community High School back in 2014. Coach Melton is in his 18th year of coaching at the high school level. In spring of 2020, Coach Melton was named the new head coach at Kingwood High School after spending the last five years at Highland Park, where he was the defensive coordinator for the last two seasons. In this episode, we talk about becoming a head coach, navigating a first season through the pandemic, what he looks forward to this year, as well as his faith and how that guides him. Coach Melton is one of the most passionate and caring while still being tough and holding people accountable coaches I've ever had the honor to work with. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and learn from him. If you want to follow him on Twitter, check him out at KW Coach Mel or follow Kingwood Football at KHS Mustang FB. Hello, I'm Kel Melton. I'm the athletic coordinator and head football coach at Kingwood High School. I just finished up my first year, so uh, being a, uh, a head coach and so going on my second year. Coach Melton, it's great to have you on, man. We've been friends for for a long time. I had a chance to work together with each other, and uh, been been great that we've kept in touch all these years. Uh, so it was really great to see you at the uh, regional track meet and uh, and catch up a little bit. Um, you know what what it's let's let's talk about the uh, the future a little bit, and then we'll kind of rewind. What's uh what's one of the most what's one of the things you're most excited about for this coming season? Well, the thing I think I'm excited about this upcoming season is the fact that we actually got to have an off season. And so 
we get to see what uh, what uh, our culture and everything that we brought um, is going to be about. And so, um, you know, we're just excited because we got 45 seniors this year. Uh, so we're going to be a very heavy senior laden team. Uh, and so we've got a good group coming back. I'm just excited to kind of see what they do and how far they can take us. There you go. So let's let's look at um, kind of put yourself in, in your mindset uh, where you were last year uh, as, as a head coach coming into a program. Uh, what have you worked towards establishing in terms of a culture and environment that you want? Well, when you got here, you know, I think it kind of go along with some of the other questions, but you know, it, we didn't get much of an off season actually at all. Um, so our mindset was try to do the best we could with what we have and, uh, and, uh, and the time that we had, um, and, and our and so our mind frame was to try to get our culture built in as soon as possible. Um, so the first thing we did when I got the job was when we found out COVID was was you know hit, um, we decided that we were going to start doing zooms to introduce ourselves, to introduce the coaches. Um, you know, so we had coaches meetings on Zoom, and then we started to meet with the players and and kind of give them the idea of what 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 we wanted to do and so where we were headed. Um, you know, we, we told them what our vision was. Um, and then of course, uh, what our core values are. And so, um, with that, we started trying to build that. And then when we were able to get there in the summer, um, and start working with them. And then in, as the year went on, you could start to see that the culture was starting to take over. Um, but it took some time. It, it, it's not something that's going to happen in a day. It's not something that's going to happen in six months. Um, it, it took time and it, it's still taking time. Um, we're still, you know, we're still working on that now. What we were able to do this spring because we were able to have our off season, uh, we were to work towards you know the, the the environment that we want is to know that you know I'll just tell you our vision. Our vision is to be champions, to be champions in the classroom, to be a champions um, uh, on the field, to be champions in life, man, in, in our communities. And so we we want our young men to be champions. And so that's what we told them what our vision was. But what our culture is and our core values, what we were building is, and I'll just kind of go through what we are. But what, first one's commitment. Second one's enthusiasm. Third's mental and physical toughness, teamwork, integrity, and then tradition. And so, what we try to do is try to build the build to those um, throughout the off season, um, and then carry those into the season. So, like for instance, commitment. We talk about my word is my bond. Well, when you commit to this football team, you know you're saying, hey, you know when you signed up, when you walked in, put the pads on, man, you're committed. So your word's your bond, right? Um, enthusiasm. Well. We as coaches have to be enthusiastic, but they have to be able to be enthusiastic. You got to be able to overcome things. Well, how do you overcome things? Well, with enthusiasm. So, are you going to be down at times? Yes, but you got to learn how to fight, and you got to learn how to use that. So, we brought that into in the mental and physical aspect. So, what we call staying maker, which is our boot camp, um, we teaching teaching them how to be mentally and physically tough. When it hurts, what are you going to do? Are you going to quit? Or are you going to keep pushing? So, there's a lot of things that um, that we're starting to do. Um, and working towards to build the culture that we want here um, at Kingwood High School. Oh, that's some great stuff, man. I, I love it. Um, I want to dive in a little bit in terms of some of the things that you touched on. You talked about creating, a, you know, in, in your vision um, and, and kind of having this pillars of the program and stuff. How did those come about? Um you know, because you've worked in a variety of different places for a variety of different head coaches, a lot of different experiences. 
as well as your pre-coaching experience. Um, you know, I don't know how many people know that you, you're a former uh, DPS trooper. Um, so th- I'm sure that plays into some of it in terms of your mannerisms. Uh, and if anybody listens to this and didn't know that, and then they look at you and they're like, okay, it makes perfect sense. Uh, so how did those things kind of come about in terms of creating these, these pillars of your program, uh, this vision for your program, and, and the process in which you're, you've implemented it going towards the future into this fall and beyond? Well, I think, you know, being a coach, you, you, it's not always about what you know. It's about sitting back and listening and watching um, and seeing how things are, are run and and not saying that one thing's right or wrong. And so I've been able to um, be under a lot of great head coaches um, and got a lot of things from them. Um, of course, you know, I, I've been around my dad my, my whole life. So um, he's been doing it for 45 years, still doing it. Um, and, and actually having with him, he's on my staff here at Kingwood High School. Um, and But, you know, having those kind of guys around you, but, you know, you have to give them to, to Coach Allen and and my dad. And then there's a lot of guys, uh, um, Coach O'Neill. Um, there's a lot of guys that, that I could look at. Um, uh, of course, Don Woods. I've got to give a lot of credit to him just because, uh, you know, of course, he helped me get on at Hollow Park. But, you know, he, he's taught me a lot of life lessons, too, along the way. But what you do is you sit back and you listen and you watch. Um, and you watch how um, coaches coach. You watch how – uh, head coaches do it. And and you look at, you go by being in, in, in some different places, you see, you know, okay, well, maybe that didn't work there. Maybe it could work here. Or that, you know, man, that works here. And, and you know, uh, and, and taking a lot of things from, like, say, Coach Allen and bringing those core values um, to Kingwood High School is what, you know, that's what it's a lot of his core values. And I brought them with me. And, and, and so you just, you know, we as coaches borrow almost everything that we do. Right. Um, and so um, that's kind of what you do, but you sit back, you listen, you watch, um, you see that how things work. And when you get your opportunity, um, you got to be ready. And so by doing me, I believe by sitting back and watching and watching good coaches coach um, and how they lead um, was, was great for me. When you go back and you talk to these these mentors of yours, and obviously you have your dad on staff, so you have somebody to turn to right there. How much of what they gave you from an advice standpoint um, prepared you for what you experienced last year? Uh, because obviously last year was, was this once in a lifetime, at least for us, uh, hopefully kind of deal. Um, but I'm sure that there were still things, you know, once you got to actual practice week and game day, things seemingly fell into place for the most part. Um, so, so what were you actually able to take from them and apply that was seemingly consistent, you know, kind of taking away just the, the COVID, uh, protocol things that we all had to, to, learn on the fly you know the COVID thing changed a little bit i don't think it changed how we how we like did things i think it changed how you know yes it did with water and then having to wear your mask and things like that but and that being the biggest thing but i think 
just trying to make things, I guess, as normal as you possibly can. Um, and so a lot of things that they helped me do, and, and of course, I talked to Coach Allen probably during this last fall. I bet I talked to him 10 to 15 times, um, just just having conversations. Some of them were just me and him talking. Some of them, you know, were asking questions. Um, you know, and that's the same thing I do with my dad. I pick his brain. Um, hey, what do you think? Um, and so, you know, what we did, and, and just like I said, was sitting back and listening to Coach Allen and, and to dad and, and the others, but, you know, always being organized. Um, that's one of a lot of the biggest thing I found out even through, even through um, COVID and everything else, we can use that as an excuse, but, um, but it's just being organized, knowing what your plan is, what's your goal. Um, and so that's what I felt like was, I felt like I was prepared. Um, the summer was probably harder on me than anything else, being a head coach and having to make a lot of decisions, not knowing that we've never navigated that before. Um, the season kind of, as it, as, start, as it got going, it wasn't as bad, you, you know what I'm saying? But but the, the first part of it was tough because it was always, you know, what are you gonna do here? How are we gonna do this? How are we? So there was a lot of planning. There's a lot more planning in this job. And and I guess, I, you know, I always used to hear paperwork and this or that. Well, I just wanna get out there and coach. Well, that, that's true. You're, you're gonna do a lot more things at your desk and, and, and not get to do as much maybe, you know, you, you just, as you feel like you do when you just have to teach class and I thought that's not, that is tough, but, but you get to go out and just coach, you know what I'm saying? And there's a lot more thinking um, and, and they're going to ask you, coach, what is this? And what do you do that? And, and so like, I mean, all the way to the small things coach to, um, Hey, who's going to film on, on Friday night to <laughs> who's got the headset. I mean, so you got to be organized. That's, that's kind of the biggest thing I realized as a head coach is being organized having a calendar, having a set date, putting things down, writing them down, knowing when you got stuff. And so that those are kind of the things that helped me kind of navigate it was learning through from those coaches, asking questions. And then, you know, they're saying, hey, this is what you got to be able to do. And so that's kind of helped me push through this, uh, this kind of this first year. That's some good stuff. And you, uh, you, you kind of gave, gave an answer to another question I was going to ask, but I, I love that. Let's talk about the process of getting to Kingwood, you know, um, not necessarily your backstory in terms of if going up the ranks, but more specifically, why, why Kingwood, what was, you know, kind of a rundown of the interview process and, and, and the decision-making process as to why to interview, why to accept the job and kind of that, that uh, whole process. Well, I think when <clears throat> when you interview for jobs, if you're, you know, and you'll know when you're ready. That's kind of my biggest thing. You'll know when you're ready. But um, when you go to interview, you, you kind of have to pick. You have to pick jobs that you feel like are right for you and for your family. Um, and I, I didn't apply for just a whole lot of head coaching jobs. Um, and reason being is because I, you know as you get older and, and things, you, you look at a lot of different things because you can be selfish if you want to. Um, but I took into the consideration of my kids, um, the education that they were going to get. And, and also it, they're the likeness of, of, it could be where I've been, places I've been. Um, and, and so, um, so, you know, when I looked at Kingwood, it was one of those places where I knew that my kids were going to get a very good education. 
competition and that they had kids. And when I watched film on them, because, <clears throat> you know, they got a huddle, they played hard. Um, and so it's, it's, you can't teach playing hard. You know what I mean? And so when I looked at that and then, of course, like I said, I, I started looking at my family. You know, can we make it, you know, is this a good place for our, my family? Is this a good place for, for my kids? You know what I'm saying? Um, their education. So that's kind of where, why I chose Kingwood. Um, the interview process was kind of like this. Uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I sent my resume in um, and uh, I had found out that I, I had a friend <laughs> that was uh, uh, in the school district. Um, and so I called over, I said, Hey man, you know, I'm just letting you know, I put in for, for Kingwood and he was like, Hey man, okay. You know? And so, uh, he, uh, <clears throat> he just, I guess knew somebody sent it in. Um, next thing I know, probably about two weeks later, uh, I get a, I get a phone call, um, and ask uh, for an interview. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times things happen because of, and I'm not saying because of my success is because of the success of being around people like Coach Allen um, and being around uh, good people and good programs. Um, and so uh, that kind of helped open up the door a little bit to get in. Um, I interviewed for the first time um, and they said, hey, well, you know, I, I thought it went well. Um, I'm probably a little nervous. I'll just go ahead and tell you. I think that that's the biggest thing I'm, I, I would have to say about interviewing. Go in and be, be confident. I'm not saying cocky, there's a difference, but go in and be confident in yourself, be confident in what you believe in, be confident in, in selling your vision, be confident in, in, in selling what your values are and what you want to do and, and what you feel like that, how you can lead the program. So be confident in yourself. Um, not that I wasn't confident, I just think that, you know, sometimes you, you get a little nervous, uh, but apparently I did a good enough job um, that I got called back the next week on a Monday um, and they said, hey, um, you know, can you come in and interview the following Friday? And I was like, okay, yes, you know. And so, um, you know, it, and the questions differ. And there was different people in certain ones. There was, there was some of the same in the same, inter for the second interview, but there was, you know, the first group was different. The second group was different um, a, a little bit um, with different questions, um, a little bit harder questions, ones that were going to be, uh, they, they, they asked questions on, how you deal with situations. Um, and, and, you know, it could be anything from, you know, like we've talked about before, little Johnny getting in trouble and mom and dad give you a call. Well, here's this and that, how are you going to deal with it? But now there's another, you know, it could be anything from any issue, from a quarterback issue to whatever, you know what I'm saying? So there's different questions that they're going to ask. It's not from just a round table question. It's here I come, you know, like type questions. And I felt really confident in, in, in <clears throat> That's the thing I, I did. I prayed about it. I went in and I felt really confident. Um, I didn't feel nervous. Um, and I laid out my plan. I laid out the plan that I felt like was going to be uh, how we could we could uh, uh, change Kingwood, move it towards where we wanted to go, um, and laid down kind of what I talked to you about earlier, about our core values and where we were headed. And and uh, and I got a call on that Saturday. Um, they said, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, you're the you're the guy. So I came down, went down on that Sunday. Um, they asked me to come down. So while Kelly and I came down, we, we toured the school. Um, and then I met with the, uh, I met with the superintendent on Monday and the board voted that afternoon. And so, and that afternoon I, I got 
got the job. It was probably early March. But man, the process was, like I said, you just got to be confident in yourself, believe in yourself, believe in what you're, believe in your, your, your culture, believe in your values, what the things that you know, um, and, and that, that you've learned from, uh, you know, from, from what you've been doing. Yeah, that's some really good advice. You know, one of the things when you go to a new place is, uh, as, as somebody who's been at a place during transition, you, you wonder, you know, where do I stand with the new guy? Um, and, and I'm sure you've experienced that part, uh, through your career. So how do you, how did you go about evaluating guys currently on staff in terms of who was going to stay, who, who might need to go in a different direction. Uh, obviously this, this past spring and summer was a lot more difficult because of restrictions and um, you know, just the, the fluidity of everything. But what was your mindset in terms of evaluating guys that were currently on staff as you built out your staff uh, leading into this season? Well, it was a little different for me. Um, if I had it, Right. You know, if I would if I would have had a chance to go during the spring, I would have been able to see kind of what everyone can do. Um, I was promised that I could bring in my coordinators. Um, I only met the coaches and were able to watch them twice uh, before COVID hit. Um, after speaking to most of them um, and watching them even for two days um, and watching film, and looking at stuff, I, I realized, um, and, and it wasn't anything against anyone. I, I, it, it's kind of like I tell people, I, I have nothing against those that I kept and I have nothing against those that I, I let go. Um, and it, it's a hard decision. It's a hard decision to make. And, and sometimes I feel like you have to look at it in the sense uh, as a head coach, of if I keep all these guys, are we gonna go where we need to go? So you have to figure out which ones are gonna are willing to jump on that boat with you and row in the same direction. And so by typically what you would try to do is you would try to sit there and watch them in the spring. And those who wanted to stay would 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 you know, eventually come to you and say, hey, coach, I would like to stay. You would talk to them and then you would watch them. Um, and that's typically what you would do. I did I I knew the direction that we had to go. Um, and so therefore, um, I believe I brought in eight guys. Um, and so, um, but typically you don't go in just going, hey, we're gonna overhaul the thing or we're gonna do this and that. Typically what you would do is, like I said, is you would go in and you'd watch in the spring. Uh, and, and it could be, if you get it early enough, um, you can watch it and say, okay, you know, this, this can fit, this can fit. And you find the pieces. Um, and then you uh, bring in those that um, you need to bring in. Um, we felt like we needed a culture change. Um, and so it needed a little bit of a jolt. And, and so therefore uh, I brought in, like I said, I brought in my, both my coordinators, both of them have been, been with me at Highland Park. Um, I brought in, of course, my dad. Um, I brought in uh, another secondary coach. Um, I brought an outside linebacker coach, um, uh, another O-line coach, and then of course a running back coach. And so, um, a couple other guys, you know, we, we, we just felt like where we needed to go. Um, and so 
it's nothing against a coach um, if they're let go. Uh, it's just sometimes you have a vision um, and you need people. It's not because you don't like them. It's just maybe because the guy that they need in there is the system that you're trying to run and they already know it and you don't have time to teach it. Like this summer, I didn't have time to teach it. I didn't have time to go, you know, now we did sit down with some of them, but we didn't have to have, we didn't need to be, I couldn't sit there teaching them as we're trying to teach the kids because we, it was, you know, we didn't get to see them. So I needed guys that knew the system that could get in, they could teach them. You know, they could be teaching the kids, not having to teach each other all the time. Now, do I think, believe that coaches need to be coaching coaches? Dig them right, I do. I'm not a micromanager. So I believe that that's, that's true. But, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. Um, you don't just get rid of somebody just to get rid of them. But if they're, if they're good coaches, you hold on to them. If they're if you feel like you need to change the culture or change, the, maybe there's some complacency or whatever, then sometimes you have to be able to do that, even though it's hard. Yeah. So, so that kind of leads me into this next question about creating that buy-in. You know, you made a lot of change. How did the kids kind of react to that change and, and what was, uh, you know, what kind of clicked faster and what took a little bit longer, obviously from your coaching staff, because you're bringing in a lot more people that are familiar. Uh, and then anybody that retained, you had already kind of signed off on. Um, so I guess the, 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 the longer buy-in process was probably more from the kids and the parents than your coaches in general. Uh, yes. I mean, the thing about it is, it's like most of the guys that, like you said, the coaches were, were all in. They were like, man, I'm, I, I, this is this is different. We like it. They, they felt a, a newness. And so it kind of stirred them up a little bit. And that's what I wanted. To, that's what we wanted to do. Um, I, I think the buy-in with the kids wasn't so wasn't bad or even the parents. I think they were wanting something new. And they but the thing is, is like when it's different, the systems are different. Um, from what maybe you've been doing offensively or even defensively. Um, and maybe it could be come break down all the way to the minute details, the little bitty things. Um, that may, that buy-in may be a little bit harder, um, you know, because you're asking more of them. The, uh, you know, we, we have a huge thing with our thing is, is integrity, but with that integrity is accountability. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> That was kind of our biggest thing. It wasn't so much even the buy-in process. It was the accountability process. We were having to hold kids accountable. And so therefore, um, and, and, and that was tough. That was tough because, uh, you know, maybe they, there might be an, an issue where maybe they weren't, maybe at the lower levels they weren't or whatever else, what was feeding up. You just don't ever know. You don't know what's going on until you get there for about a year. But that was kind of the biggest issue is holding kids accountable, especially with COVID and everything else, having that accountability factor. And so the buy-in, I don't think it was hard, but changing the culture, which we're trying to put in, was hard for, for some. And we lost some. We lost some because of it. Yeah. I think that happens, you know, anywhere you go, you have change, um, you know, and, and I think one of the biggest deals that we as, as coaches and educators want more of is accountability, particularly on kids and, and, you know, uh, accountability of parents to their children, uh, in, in to walk step with in step with, with the coaches, you know, because 
should be a mutual trust that both parties want the best interest of that child. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we butt heads about it. Um, and unfortunately, the child is the one that suffers uh, between the parties. But, you know, in the end, I think you can you can definitely tell um, when you have those positive relationships, uh, it, it makes things a lot better. So this kind of leads me into this next question. When you made these changes and you, you know, despite losing some kids, obviously you probably retained way more than you lost. You have to create positive relationships, right? This whole profession is is based on relationships. So how are you creating positive relationships uh, both in the school building and in the community? Well, I think, you know, those relationships, of course, you know, the teachers want to see coaches. They want to see that, that the coaches are, you know, around. Um, me, the, uh, you know, uh, all of our coaches teach, so they're in the building. Um, but they want to see that we're holding our kids accountable. Um, and so, you know, of course, we do grade checks. Um, we're going by talking to teachers, not about, you know, we're just talking to them and, and asking questions. And if you, hey, listen, if you have anything that, uh, you know, you, we can help you with, man, you know, it's a kid, whatever, just come to us. So building that relationship with the staff, building that relationship with, with administration, um, uh, it goes well. And then, of course, in the community, what we're trying to do is, um, you know, with everything that we do, uh, we get into our middle schools. Um, we're, we're have our kids volunteer. Um, we volunteer hours out. At, we have what we call KFL, which is a Kingwood Football League. Um, and so our kids are uh, volunteer out there and they help with the, the youth programs um, and they get volunteer hours um, for going and working uh, throughout our community. Um, and so that's what we're kind of trying to build, but we're building that relationship with parents um, through these different avenues. Um, and so, uh, you know, and we'll hold, you know, it could be all kinds of stuff. It could community events, um, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, last year, I think they had, a, because of COVID, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, you know, they tried to do like a, like a football game, but it was more like a flag football game. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. And, and, and let the, the community come in and then have a meet and greet and, and, and uh, you know, just just doing little things to get out in the community and to get, build those relationships. Because you and I know more than anything that's about relationships, building relationships with our players, building relationships with their families. Um, because the thing is, is what we always tell our kids is this, that we want to win. Don't get me wrong. And as coaches, we all want to win. We, we would be crazy to get to say that we didn't want to, right? But here's the deal. What is winning? Um, we want them to be winning in life. And so what we want to see is not somebody maybe even their senior year, but what, is, what do they look like 10 years down the road? What, how successful are they 15 years down the road, 25 years down the road? That's what, how we're doing. That's what the relationships we're building. Um, and so those are the positive relationships that we're trying to build with our own players, but also with our community um, and, and to get them to back us. And, to, and so, you know, you, you do a lot of different things with your, whether it be with your booster club or with people in the community and, uh, and then things like that. You just, you know, you want to build those positive relationships with them so that they're there to support you when you need it. I love it, man. As a, uh, as a second year head coach, what, what gives you the most confidence going into this season? What gives me confidence is the fact that we've been doing it for a year. Um, 
what gives me confidence is the fact that our kids are buying in. Um, and when I say buying in, I'm, I mean, all of them. Like, um, I even with COVID this spring, we had uh, 99% of our kids were in off season and at school every single day. Um, they were in the weight room. They were getting bigger and stronger, faster. Um, and so we're seeing a huge difference in our bodies and the way that we look and the way that, uh, you know, how, the strength that we're getting, uh, the speed that we have. And so that's what's exciting. It's exciting to watch these kids like light up um, because, you know, and it could be all the way from the kid that maybe the third string guy, fourth string guy that benched 200 and, yet, you know, he's never benched more than 155. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm excited to see what these kids can do when we go against somebody else. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, the difference between last year when we hardly had anything to having been in it for one full year. That's what I'm excited about. As a uh, second year head coach, what advice do you give to first year head coaches coming into this season? Well, I, I just be truthful. You don't stress. Um, it's going to be there anyway. Um, but just relax, man. Enjoy it. Cause it it can eat on you. Um, last year was a it was a tough year at times. It was a tough year knowing that, like I said, we didn't have we didn't have much uh, until the summer, um, and then we were changing offenses and uh, you know COVID hit, so we had some kids gone and we were playing without eight start with eight without five or six starters, um, and so uh, you know just relax, man, enjoy it, um, but work hard. Man, but you don't, there's a difference too between working hard and, and, and working smart. And, and, you know, and so plan things out, enjoy it, um, spend time with your family, man. It, I love coaching. Um, I, I love what I do. I'm up there all the time, but spend time with your family. Um, don't, don't, uh, don't, you don't have to be married to the job too. Um, you can love your job, you can do your job, you can work hard at your job, but you're not married to that job. And so just relax and, and, and uh, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, enjoy life, um, and, and have fun doing what you love to do. That's what I tell you more than anything else. Um, but always have a plan. <laughs> always have a plan. That's one thing I've learned um, as a first year, always have a plan. Always have a plan A, B, and a C because you never know what's going to happen. All right. Last question. What advice do you give a coach looking to move up and eventually become a head coach? I would say take everything in that you can right now. I would listen to those around you. Listen to those that have experience. Um, when you get that opportunity to become a coordinator, be a coordinator. And then when you get that ch chance of being a coordinator, ask for more. Coach, what can I do? What can I do? Because the more responsibilities you get, the more it will prepare you for the things that you're going to see as a head coach. So, you know, don't always, it, it's great for the head coach to take all the meetings and the, with parents off of you, but sometimes it's good to go ahead and do those because guess what? If you want that opportunity to be a head coach, you're going to have to deal with those at some point. Um, so what I say is, is sit back and listen. Um, you don't always have to be right. You don't always have to know it all, but when you get your opportunity, be a coordinator, 
go do it, but take more, take as much responsibility on as you possibly can and watch, watch guys that are head coaches, watch how they coach, watch how they teach, watch how they father, watch how they, their relationships that they build. Watch. So those are the guys that those are the one. that's what you do. You watch those guys in front of you. And, and I promise you, if you'll sit back and do that, you will learn their system or whatever system. And, 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 you know, like I said, that's what I did with Coach Allen. I sat back and watched. And so a lot of the stuff I do is, is what Coach Allen has done. And so just watch how he does things. Watch how they do it. Watch their organization and, and how they organize and how, you know, and use those. And it will help you when you get that opportunity. But last thing is, is what I tell you is, is be confident, not cocky. Be confident in yourself and your vision. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really hope you enjoyed today's guest. Don't forget to leave a like and a review. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast fixed from. Ratings and reviews really help us reach more viewers. Peace out. Have a nice day. Be the change you want to see in the world. Oh, 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 oh